Barkley on the take, giving left. Howard on the cutback, inside to the five. Howard slams into the end zone. Touchdown, touchdown Bears. Jordan Howard, a nine-yard run. Snap is back. Coming on a blitz, they throw into the end zone, left corner, up in the air. Elshon Jeffrey makes the catch. Touchdown, touchdown Bears. Bears Hour Live with Lauren Cox and the draft doc, Philitosian. Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. You are listening to Lauren Cox here on a Sunday afternoon. And of course, as always, I'm with my co-host, Draft Dr. Philitosian. And today we are going to be talking through the cornerback class of the upcoming 2017 NFL Draft. Phil, Sunday afternoon, it's not a Sunday without Bears talk. Are, are you excited to get going on this cornerback class? I know it's it's a deep class with a lot, a lot to break down here. Yeah, there's so much to get to, but these this cornerback class is so rich with talent it's hard to measure them who and where they are measured in your top fives or in the top 50 big board that we're working on over at bears hour live because this class is so exciting and talented i'm fired up to talk with jose Cotto today lauren yeah it is such a deep class that we we need a little help getting through it all i mean there's so many talented guys that could all be top 50 picks if you expand that to the top 100 I mean, we could really see a record-setting deep class here. So we had to get some help. We had to get Jose Cotto from BearsBallroom.com on the show today. Jose, I know you're a big, you're a big DB guy. You put a lot of work on these cornerbacks. How would you describe this class compared to compared to other guys? Well, first of all, how, how are you doing today, Jose? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here and talk some DBs. You guys know I love talking defense. I, I, we know we know you like D's, you like B's, you like C's, you like them in all sizes. So we're we're excited to <laughs> excited to have you on the show. Well, and, and, you ain't you know, this, a lie. Yeah, <laughs> but this this is this is a really deep class, and there's so many guys. I mean, potentially you know a dozen in the first couple rounds here. I mean, even more. How does this cornerback class, in your opinion, compare to recent drafts? I mean, is this really? I mean, is it this abnormal? I mean, how? How crazy is this to, to you? I think it is very abnormal. I mean, there's so many different skill sets in this class that you really can just sit and wait and select what you're looking for. I mean, you you have it's like going to the grocery store and you got 12 different you know brands of cereal. I'm, I'm using a field type analogy here, but that's what you have. It's like the quarterback class. It's <laughs> really just pick your flavor. What what do you want in a guy? There aren't a bunch of guys in this class that are completely well-rounded and have everything and and are scheme transcendent and can play for every team in the NFL but there are plenty of guys who have you know specialized skill sets that will fit specific teams and and, you know the the rankings really are going to be fluid in terms of what you prefer in your corners yeah it's going to be a a sort of a a team-by-team year at the cornerback position where, you know, not every not all these cornerbacks are going to be great fits in what Vic Fangio wants them to do. So the Bears are going to have these guys ranked in a very specific way. And you look at a team like the Dallas Cowboys, you know, running that Rod Marinelli kind of cover two defense, they're going to have these cornerbacks ranked very, very differently. So when it's all said and done, you're going to see 
a dra- the draft play out. I think I don't think anyone can predict the order that these guys are going to go because every team's going to see things differently, and you know they might they might view a cornerback higher. You could see like the third or the fourth cornerback taken this draft end up being one of the better ones if he just gets on a team that fits him better than maybe some of the other guys. I mean, it's really it's really all about finding the guy that's going to fit your scheme and and be able to maximize his skill set within your defense. Phil, is there a guy in this draft? Well, you know, what, let's let's start with Marshawn Lattimore just because he is the the consensus number one. I don't think I've seen anyone have anyone other than him as the top cornerback in this draft. I know we talked with Josh Liskowitz on the Safeties podcast about you know whether a guy like Jamal Adams is worth the third overall pick as more of a box safety, or whether a guy like Malik Hooker is worth the third overall pick. Do you think Marshawn Lattimore is is worthy of that third overall pick? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of top talent that can be sort of in that conversation, but. As far as as far as his skill set and the need on this team, do the Bears need to take or should the Bears consider taking a cornerback with that third overall pick? Is he good enough? Well, he's definitely good enough. I mean, you're talking about sewing machine type backpedal, hips turn. This guy is fluid. He's absolutely off the charts in his 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 abilities out there at the cornerback position. He's one of those guys that can come in, match up with anyone, and really give you what it is you want from a NFL-quality starting cornerback. He's a willing tackler. He attacks the football in the air. The things that you're looking for, especially when you're looking at the Chicago Bears and what they've lacked is players that are able to take away the football, create turnovers with their ability to read, react, recover, attack the football with the turn of their head this kid is so smooth his head turn he's watching and reacting to the receiver and becomes a receiver himself and that is why he's so highly touted i believe and that's how why he's my number one ranked corner as far and i know jose feels he's qualified number three my personal opinion is you take elite talent at three so Marshawn Lattimore would be in the conversation for me if I was the GM of the Chicago Bears in talking to my coaching staff and my scouting directors. I He definitely is that talented of a football player. And ultimately, if that is the number one ranked player on your board when you're up, because obviously one and two are going to define what you're doing at three unless there's a trade down so the draft as ryan pace continues to say as well as free agency is fluid but marshawn Lattimore is somebody that i would definitely be in the conversation with my guys at three for the bears now jose in a recent mock draft you and and shane marsa were doing on bears barroom this past week you actually put Marshawn Lattimore to the Bears with the third overall pick. You said, quote, Chicago needs to add an impact player, and Lattimore is among the best cornerbacks I have scouted in the past 10 years. Perhaps this move pushes Cooper Hall to safety. Would you, where, where does he rank in your, if, if you're putting your board for the third overall pick of guys, you know, if it's my, if, if I had the choice of everyone in this draft, I would take this guy. Where, where does he rank in your sort of Bears-specific board for the third overall pick? He's right at the top of the board. I mean, for me, Adams and Lattimore are 1A, 1B. And, and the one thing that gives Adams a slight advantage on Lattimore for me is his experience. And there aren't any injury questions with Adams. Of course, with Lattimore, you have the 
history of hamstring issues that kept him out. And really, you just have the one year of film on him. But that one year of film is so good, and he's such a special athlete that I can't see where he'll fail in the NFL if he does stay healthy. I don't think any of the 32 teams would hesitate to draft this player. I think he's scheme versatile, and he fits anywhere, and he can do anything that you ask him to. So for me, he's right at the top of the board. I think he's – I know that there are no sure things, but in my eyes and for my dollar – I'd stake my job on the line betting that this player is going to be successful in the NFL because I believe that his traits will translate. And I see intelligence on tape. This is a player that plays within the scheme. If he's playing cover three, he stays on top of his route. You don't see him be undisciplined and, and bite on underneath routes if he's responsible for deepest for deepest coverage. So I, th- these are things that translate to the NFL. And the ball skills, the fluidity, the recovery speed, the fact that he's a willing tackler, I mean, everything that I see in this player, these are all things that translate to the game on Sundays. Yeah, he's another one of those guys in this this conversation for the third overall pick. It's like, I don't think the Bears can really go wrong here. I mean, you know, is there – I mean, obviously, they, I mean, they could take Nate Peterman, but I mean, as far as the guys that are in that kind of, you know, the, the Jonathan Downs, the Solomon Thomas, the Marshawn Lattimore, the Jamal Adams – it's going to be really, really hard for them to pick a guy that is just not good. You know, they would have to really try to to, to mess this up. And I'm not I'm not going to rule anything out, but it's it's encouraging that there are so many guys there. And certainly, Lattimore is right in the conversation. For for either of you guys, is there any other cornerback that's in that conversation? I mean, I know it's a deeper class, but is Lattimore the only one that's a top five, top even top ten? Say, if they traded down a few slots, is there anyone else that you guys would consider? in that top 10 range in this draft? Either one of you? No, no not, not, for, not me. for me. <laughs> not for me either. <laughs> I, I think I think Lattimore stands alone in that. And, and let me just pontificate a little bit further on this. I'm not in the business of taking defensive backs in the top five to sometimes not in the top 10. They have to be special. So if I'm talking about this guy with – my mindset as I'm the GM of the Chicago Bears, that's how talented this football player is. And I believe, you know, in Jose and what he's saying as well, I think that this is in the conversation and he's the only one of this deep class in it. So then as the GM, I have to take a step back and say, wait a second, value now. Here's an elite talent. Is he a generational talent? I don't know. Jose loves him best he's seen in 10 years. I believe he's best in class. He's one of the best I've I've scouted in a while. Now I got to look at the rest of this as well as the system that Vic Fangio, you know, sets out with the Chicago Bears now. How does this value measure and weigh against taking a corner high? So now I'm looking at pass rushers, quarterbacks, and difference makers on the offensive side of the football as well in measuring this football player. And I think that's where the tricky part is. I mean, if you are standing and slamming on the table like Jose is, then there shouldn't be any pause for you to pick this player at three. However, based on who's on the board for me, like if a Solomon Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore are there, then I'm taking a Solomon Thomas. 
That's how I feel in the pass rushing. I don't think you can ever have enough pass rushers on a football team. So Lattimore, to me, best in show. But we are going to have to talk and digress to the wee hours of the night before the draft to really come to a conclusion about all these scenarios playing out when it comes to Lattimore, Lauren. As soon as I let Jose start talking, I realized that I'm sorry, Jose. I'm, I'm rusty again. So I, I asked Jose about Kevin King, and I realized <laughs> people couldn't hear me. Uh, Kevin King is Jose's number two cornerback. I think I talked for a good like two minutes there of, of no sound on the radio. I don't know what it is. The last couple of shows, I keep <laughs> I keep messing up. We were solid for the first like I think this is like near our thirtieth show or whatever. First twenty seven or twenty eight, no issues at all with audio. But then now the last couple of weeks, I don't know what it is, but I I keep forgetting to leave. To unmute my mic for the audio for the for the broadcast. So I asked Jose about why Kevin King from Washington is his number two cornerback. He's a guy that Jose has been big on for a long time, a lot longer than most of the draft community. That kind of took a while to get around to him. But uh, you know, Phil, Phil has King, I think, down as his fourth or fifth corner. Jose has him at number two. It's sort of a, a pick your flavor with these guys. But I, I was having Jose uh, expand on why he sees him as his number two cornerback in the draft. Jose, do you want to pick back up where you left off? Sure. Yeah. So. so- I mean, with him, it, like I said, it comes down to him being a scheme fit here. I rank them. I rank the cor- the corners according to what I think, according to who I think will be successful in Chicago. And I view Kevin King as a player that can come in here and and play press. He has the fluidity and short area quickness and the ball skills that Vic Fangio is looking for. I think he comes in here. He's a player that turns the football over, and obviously that's something that they're placing a, a premium on with the additions that they made this offseason in Marcus Cooper and uh, Quentin Demps. And, of course, Ryan Pace did allude to that in uh, one of his press conferences uh, in the postseason. I, I, I view this player – I watched this player when I was watching uh, Sidney Jones, and he just stood out to me. I, I view him as a better prospect than Sidney Jones, and I'm very high on Sidney Jones as well. It's unfortunate that he, uh, he tore his Achilles. I'm sure we'll get into him later. But this player's size and and his movement skills are very rare. I mean, for a player that's this tall, you you tend to see these guys struggle with the ability to plant and drive and to be able to turn on a dime. And this player just has all of those skills that you would see in a corner that's much shorter, you know, like a 5'11 or 5'10 corner. I see those types of movement skills with him, and that's just such a rarity. You you look at his combine numbers, and they matched what I saw on tape. He ran a 4'4", he jumped 39 and a half inches. He had a 6'5", 6'3", cone, which is insane. And, and you're talking about a player that's 6'3", 200 pounds. These are just things that you don't typically see. Uh, now, he does obviously have some weaknesses. His, his tackling does need to get better, for, especially for a guy that size. You expect them to have some thump to him, and he doesn't always wrap up. He kind of tends to be one of these cut-down tacklers at times. And uh, some of the smaller, shiftier guys give him some issues, but that's something that you know it is – common for taller corners they tend to struggle with the guys that that have that elite quickness and and you see guys like Richard Sherman struggle with that in the NFL guys like T.Y. Hilton have given him some trouble but overall I mean I think this guy is going to be one of one of the best in the class and he'd fit right in in Chicago he has that length and that size that we're starting to see the Bears put at least a little bit of a premium on at the cornerback position. It's it, it's one of those things, you know, some teams have like specific, like we want a cornerback that is over six feet tall and over a certain weight. But And the, the Bears, I don't know if maybe they're trying to work towards that or not, but with, you know, Tracy Porter's only six feet tall and they, 
you know, they re-signed him and they seem to be fine with him as a, as a you know, not a, I wouldn't call him an undersized corner, but he's not a big corner by any means. But, they, they, you know, they like the yeah, DeAndre Halls, the Jonathan Banks of the world that are a little bit bigger, and King definitely fits that. If you look at Vic Fangio's history, there aren't a lot of corners that are under six feet. I mean, most of them are six feet or over, and there's a handful that are, you know, 5'11 or 5'10, but you'll struggle to find anyone that was under 5'10 for Vic Fangio. The only one that I can... That I could find was uh, Tyrone Poole, a player that he drafted when he was the defensive coordinator in Carolina, and that was a long time ago. I think that was back in like 1995. So, bulk of the players that have started for him have been six foot or over. Yeah, it's it's easy to see Kevin King kind of fitting into that next line, but he's another one of those guys like like Hall, where he, you're tempted you're tempted to move him to safety. I mean, he played some there at Washington. Uh, Phil White. Why do you think King? You know, King wasn't in your top safeties in this draft, and not not to my knowledge, but I mean. I mean, obviously he can play there, but why? Why do you like him better as a cornerback, even even given his size and his ability to sort of the range that he has on the back end? I just think it's about his comfort level. What Jose was talking about—that press release fluidity with eyes turned—we talked about that with Lattimore. I think King. I mean, there's some showcases where he's becoming the wide receiver in the back of the end zone. You're talking about a red zone corner that you all know Chicago backed up there. You need to take over, take away the football. This football player tends to step up in those bigger moments. That's what I want to see out of a corner. I think King, his ability to use the sideline to his benefit, it's natural when you look at him. And I I agree with Jose. I hate to be agreeing so much because, you know, I'm not one to, to not be backing down from a debate, but I believe he's a better player, and I, I see that than Sidney Jones in Washington. I think King is a high riser. I mean, at six three, the numbers Jose put out, you're looking at short area bursts, the willingness to tackle, the struggling with that inside slot type of quickness, what you see like a, a Daniel Braverman type is that's his his mark that he's got to step up to but if you're not asking him to do that i mean if you're bringing in a jonathan banks late for another shot kevin king to me grades out a hell of a lot higher than banks did coming out of mississippi state so this is a guy that i feel as though fits what vic fangio does the size the the speed the ability to high rise pinpoint that football and get after it i just feel like that's his his place, not an alley player being asked to be the last line of defense yet. But players can learn how to do that. I think right now his comfort zone for what he is is on the corner. And I want to compare him directly to Des, the other the other king, Desmond King from Iowa, another guy that uh, gets, gets in that conversation of is he a cornerback, is he a safety? He's got skill sets to kind of do both. But I, want to, I sort of want to get at why – King, they're both King. Why Kevin is a corner, and why why uh, Desmond is more of a safety in that. And I mean, obviously, they're very different physical skill sets. Kevin King, you know, six foot three, two hundred pounds. I think I don't have Desmond's measurables in front of me, but I know he's, he's not six, quite six five ten two. He's five is ten two hundred. Yeah, five so obviously, ten. There's a there's a there's a clear length separation here between the two. Uh, you know, a size. And and I don't even know if King. I, let me put it this way: which which one do you guys think is more kings. rangy? 
Yeah, just damn. Just three we, Kings we, Day, Jose. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, Sidney Jones. You know, he ran what was it? A four four seven. He's got you know he's got explosiveness. He's got ball skills. He three interceptions last year, four the year before. But he, you know, like you said, he's so good up at the line of scrimmage and, and sort of being able to mirror with receivers. Whereas a guy like King, he, he's more of a zone corner and off coverage kind of guy. A little bit of a, some Kyle Fuller in his game too, but. Which one do you think is more rangy? Because we, I don't know if we've necessarily seen like it's. I can see where for some people it's it's a little bit difficult to to sort of visualize why a guy like Sidney Jones that's kind of built or by like I'm looking at the Washington corner. A guy like Kevin King is built kind of like your big <laughs> ball hawk, long, long rangy safety, and a guy like Desmond King is built a little bit more like a corner. Yet it's Kevin that's the better fit at corner, and Des that's the better fit at safety. Jose, what? What what makes Desmond King the the better fit at safety compared to Kevin King? For me, it really comes down to the play style, and, and it seems like the mindset. Desmond King is a physical; he's an instigator. He has that brash personality. He's he's gonna come up and hit you, and he's a very physical player. He he has those instincts and ball skills, but doesn't necessarily have the long speed that you want at corner. Although I do think he can play it, and especially in Chicago, I think he can play corner. Um, but for me, that's why he projects more as a safety. With Kevin King, I see—I don't see any reason to move him to safety. If he didn't have the coverage ability that he has and had this size, if he wasn't great, in, let's say, in man coverage, I shouldn't say coverage ability because obviously your safety, your free safety has to cover. But if I had you know, reservations about him being able to cover a top, a top flight NFL wide receiver on the outside, then obviously you start having the conversation about moving him to free safety. But with that size and that ability to match up against these big NFL wide receivers where they don't have an advantage over him because he has long arms and, and obviously six foot three. I mean, you, you look at that play he made, I believe it was against Arizona state in the end zone. I think that's the play that Phil was alluding to where he one hands that interception and he looks like he's the wide receiver. Those are things that, are hard to find. I mean, it's hard to find a guy that's that big and can eliminate a receiver's size advantage down in the red zone. I mean, with King, I, I throw the size out the window. I see a guy that can come down. He's aggressive and run support. And when asked to cover, if you bring him down to cover the slot, he's going to do that effectively. And he's going to be able to match up against tight ends because he's not going to back down from anyone. And I see that, that physical, enforcer type of mentality in his game and that's why i believe he's more of a safety than kevin king kevin king he he's not an outstanding tackler he's okay i mean he gets the job done but he's not going to be an enforcer back there now phil i, I know you are a big iowa guy you know you, you end up falling in love with a lot of their prospects and i you've been <laughs> big on, on des king for a while now and i was wondering you know he had such a big 2015 season i think he had like eight interceptions or something in that year and you know, a number of, of pass breakups and really sort of that was his breakout campaign. But he decided to come back for 2016, kind of a down year for Iowa. He, you know, he wasn't bad by any means, but, you know, interception number drops down to three and sort of the, the hype that was surrounding him. He was he, last year, he was like, this guy is going to be the next great cornerback to come out of the draft, you know, a, a shirt fire first round pick. And now he's kind of in that late first, early second, maybe maybe just full second round range, depending on how guys see him. Do you think if he had come out last year, he would there would be less talk about him going to safety, or do you think his size? I looked it up. He's he measured at five oh nine seven, so five foot nine and seven eight, so basically five ten at the, wow. at the combine. So, do you think the 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 extra year of sort of 
maybe lower, not not bad play by any means, but just not as exceptional, lowered his draft stock and and has him kind of falling within the pack in this draft class rather than standing up near the top of it as he would have maybe last year? Draft Knicks are going to put him down. Now, this guy's in my top 50 football players in this draft. I believe I think I got him 22nd overall. That's how highly I think of Desmond King because of what Jose is alluding to. Again, me and Jose are step for step. Desmond King is so versatile that he could play corner in Chicago with ease and then become a free safety because with eyes on the football, Lauren, I know what you're getting at with Kyle Fuller. This kid's a different football player. He sees it, reacts to it, becomes a difference maker with that chip on his shoulder that he will come down and strike you hard and heavy without any hesitation. I got to say this for those guys that don't watch tape. You know, the NFL is not fooled. Uh, six interceptions, one year, three next. Well, offensive coordinators in the Big Ten recognize, hey, we got a game plan for Desmond King because he's going to take away the football and we don't have the greatest passers in the Big Ten. So numbers aren't going to tell the whole story for those metrics and number statistics scouts. It just doesn't. The opportunities to get to the football aren't going to be the same when you're a Thorpe Award winner. You know, you're the best at the position. And I agree with you, Lord. Had he come out last year, there's no doubt that he's in the top half of the first round of the draft because of what he's able to do when it football's in the air. He finds a way to get to it. He puts himself in position to make the plays. I'm not going to be the popular opinion when I think of Desmond King, but he's so highly on my board because he could do so much. And when you are able to do so much, but you still are that football player, and what I mean is you don't have to learn it all. He just is a reactor and a bully. And that's why I have Desmond King so high on my board. Phil, you keep mentioning how you and Jose keep agreeing. So I want to I want to move to a prospect <laughs> that I think you guys are going to disagree on at least a little bit more than, than we're already saying. And maybe we can get a little bit of good back and forth here. And that's <laughs> the other Ohio State cornerback, Garyon Conley. He's a guy that he's kind of been another one of those draft community watches everyone else in Ohio State's defense and then gets to him and they're like, oh wait, he's good too. And all of a sudden, for the first time in you know March and April, he starts getting first round consideration when you know he hasn't played a game since December, or January, whenever Ohio State's season was done. But sort of the based on how these guys sort of get around to watching everyone in each of these secondaries, all the attention went to Lattimore and Hooker and the rest of that Ohio State defense. And then it's like, oh, and this Gary on Conley. Now all of a sudden, he's sort of I've seen some mocks put him like top 15 even, like two Ohio State cornerbacks could go super, <laughs> super high. Jose has him as his third cornerback, and Phil, he isn't in your top five, and I don't I don't have your top 50 in front of me, but I don't necessarily know if he was even in your no. top 50. So I want to I wanna start with you, Jose. To the people that don't know much about him because they, all they hear about is Lattimore and Hooker, tell us about Garyon Conley, how, how he's different and how he's similar to Lattimore because they do have a similar build, but obviously they're very different players. So for Connolly, he wasn't initially in my top five. I mean, there there have been some changes with – it's just the way that this cornerbacks group stacked up earlier, you know, before the pro days and the combine was, was very different. There has been some unfortunate things that have happened. Sidney Jones tears his Achilles. That, that pushes mm-hmm. him out of my top five. Fabian Moreau t- tears his pec, oh. pushes, him out of, pushes him out of my top five. So Gary Connolly was not initially in my top five. Now – 
as I've watched a bit more, I, I you know, crushed a little more tape on him and, and watched a little more, and it's more projection. I see a player that has the length and the speed, and if he goes to the right situation, I think a, a, a great defensive backs coach like an Ed Donatel can get a lot out of this player because he has he has skills that you obviously can't teach. A player that runs mid four fours has the three cone uh, that he had the six six eight and you know thirty seven inch vertical. Just a, a great athlete who has good feet and a nice smooth back pedal. He shows awareness. He has good ball skills. He he had some snaps where he played in the slot and he looked comfortable there. So that versatility that all helps him. But you know he does have some very bad snaps on tape where he's getting beaten vertically, and you don't want to see that with a, a guy that's that athletic. So that does show you that there are some. There is some room for improvement in his technique. Um, in terms of his run support, he's not aggressive enough for me. I mean, that's something that really bothered me. But you know, perhaps if he goes to the right situation and, and there are leaders in that secondary, you know, maybe he doesn't make as many business decisions. Uh, there was one snap against Clemson where their running back, Wayne Gallman, just completely pancaked them. That, that snap right there really stands out to me in terms of the mindset. So I question just how physical he is. You know, I, there are players that have that question coming in and come into the NFL and they answer the question, you know, they come in and, and once they're getting paid for it, they're physical players. So I'm not going to completely downgrade him. So, you know, with, with those 33 inch arms, that six foot build and that athleticism, I, I pushed him up with the other players being injured. And, and again, it's just based on projection and him having those, that skill set that a good defensive backs coach can mold and turn into you know an all pro type corner part of what makes gary and conley so appealing i think to a lot of the draft community is that you know we, we talk about these guys having sort of specific skill sets you know like desmond king is not a guy that can come up and, and play a lot of man coverage he needs to be in zone whereas some of these other guys are much better press man and trailing rather than sitting off the ball and having to see the defense in front of them and react but conley's a guy like Lattimore that can kind of do a little bit of everything you know he's not He's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy, but he's not small or slow. And he, he can he can line up in man. He can press you at the line of scrimmage. He can move inside to the slot in nickel situations and cover there. He can, you know, he can stay off. He can kind of do a little bit of everything at a, at a high level. And, you know, may, there are certainly areas you want to improve with him on. But he, he's sort of like the, the poor man's Marshawn Lattimore, which is funny because they're both on the same defense. It's sort of like, you know, the, the top dog and then the guy right next to him is, is a, a similar sort of – I mean, obviously, they're not not the same level athlete, but it's a similar sort of reliability that you kind of know that you can use him in a lot of different ways and get a little bit of everything from him. Uh, Phil, what what concerns you? I know Jose talked a little bit about some of the concerns about him, and <laughs> I was expecting more of a rave review from Jose. It was kind of more, well, this other guy's got hurt, so he just kind of got bumped up. But what are your thoughts on Connolly, Phil, as, as far as where he falls in comparison to a lot of the rest of this class? Conley is exactly what Jose said, you know, there's projection involved and there's projection involved in all of these players. I'm looking at the situation here and I, I look at a guy, how about this, Lauren? This isn't a popular guy for a lot of people, but for me, I have DeMonte Casey over a uh, Gary and Conley. I just think, you know, he's not going to fit. Vic Fangio's size ratio when you're looking at. But, however, when the, you look at the Bears, they need guys that take away the football. This kid reminds me of a former New England Patriot. Oh, he went to the Falcons. I had it written Asante down. Asante Samuel. Thank you, Jose. Asante Samuel. This is Asante's baby right here. 
Demonte Casey sees it and is going after it and is a sticky hip guy who's going to, you know, turn and be a pest to receivers. That kind of football player, the Bears don't have someone that plays, you know, yes, he's my size type of guy, but he's 5'10, 185 pounds, probably. You wish he was your but, size. this football player just excites me because those type of player remember Carr undrafted in in denver john fox picks him i'm not a fit supposedly undrafted that kind of little napoleon complex in this football player gets me excited so when i look at that might not fit vic fangio i need a six foot i need this but have they been successful in finding these players? When I look at this guy's tape, they, this guy is a bulldog in the junkyard, and he's going to bark and get after you and stay in your hip pocket and go after that football. You know, you, you saw signs. I know most of my followers are on the Cravon LeBlanc. You know, they believe in that kid. Some of them, one followed don't believe that he's even should be in the NFL. So here's this football player. When I look at those two, LeBanc is a little bigger in size meat department, like weight capacity. But this football player is similar to LeBlanc as a pest, but he'll get after the football and take risks that I want my football team to take and to get the turnovers that Chicago Let's face it, I know we're being redundant here, Lauren. It's a broken record, but short fields, turnovers are going to be the impetus for a Mike Glennon and this football team to be successful. So you're going to have to find football players that are willing and able to take away the football, and that's why I have a Casey over Conley. And Jose, I want to get your thoughts on Casey in a minute here, but I, I know Casey is a guy that Phil identifies with, you know, because of the Napoleon complex and the height thing. Are there any Puerto Rican <laughs> cornerbacks in this class that, that you really you know, feel with, or is there a guy that loves tacos? I mean, I know, I know you got Taco Charlton and Miles Garrett, thank his taco place, but are there any cornerbacks in this draft that, that you, you kind of identify with, like Phil and Casey? Isn't there a some pet cl- cat, you mean? How about a tortilla and corn elder? Corn, corn elder, that's my pet cat in this draft, man. That is. Before I answer that, man, I, I got a quick question for you, Phil. So something I picked up on with Conley, I see kind of a slight hitch in his back pedal when he's turning his hips. And I feel like that if he gets that cleaned up, he's not going to struggle as much with being beaten vertically. And not that he struggled, but with some of the plays where I saw him beaten vertically, I just saw one or two wasted steps when he's turning his hips and running and turning his back on the quarterback and bailing. And so I, I feel like he comes into the NFL and he gets his technique cleaned up and, and I don't see him having those issues. And that's why, you know, I have him ranked so high because I feel like he can be successful. You know, it's just some, some, a little bit of technique issues. I mean, he has good feet and his back pedal is smooth most of the time. It's just that hip turn where I see a slight little hitch that I think can get cleaned up. You're you're 100% right. That's why it's important for um, management and scouting to be in communication with coaching staff and coordinators as well as positional coaches because their eyes don't lie. I mean, you have to be able to recognize, I'm drafting this guy to put him in competition to what it is we have 
on the roster now. Is he a better player right now than what you have? Can he be a better player than what we have? And that's a great point, Jose. When you look at those glitches and you look at situations where guys have been asked to do a lot more than they should or guys aren't being coached up well, let's face it, there's coaches in the NFL that shouldn't be. And there's coaches in college that shouldn't be. You know, Penn State, you look at the situations. I'm talking about on and off the field. On the field, they don't know what the hell they're doing. And that, you know, goes in respect to the player. There's no doubting the talent that Ohio State recruits. So you're looking at four-star, five-star football players that get there. And when you look at glitches like this that could be addressed and hop backpedal being on your toes, hands over your stance alone. Some of these guys don't even have a cadence. You look at yeah. you look at Trubisky. You didn't even know what a hard count was. So, believe me, guys, it's frustrating. And I'm not trying to pump myself up. I'm born and bred football. I live it. I love it. You guys know it. It's it's disrespectful to the game sometimes to see players with that amount of talent. That's why there's surprises like. That come in the draft, Conley could clean it all up, and then he becomes perfect fit in a system. Uh, the, say the Pittsburgh Steelers take this football player; they need a corner, and all of a sudden he fits their system. He, he's a better football player than Cockrell, so that's what happens sometimes, and that's why it's not perfect ever. And you have to project. I mean, it's it's that I might see it one way. Jose's seeing it another way, and and ultimately, I think you're 100% right, Jose. The kid has talent. It's just what I want, when I want it right now, is the guys that are going to be confident enough to make turnovers and go after the football right now. Well, one of those guys right, that so was to, confident... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jose. Well, just to answer your question about my, my pet cat in the draft, I mean, it's, Cor- it's Cornell. They're just because he doesn't have anything special where you're looking at his numbers and he wows you and but when you watch the tape he's just so consistent he's he's probably the best tackling corner in the draft and i hate it when i agree with uh i don't even want to say the guy's name but uh <laughs> I, I, I see a, a i see elder just will not being be a named. guy that's yeah exactly I, I see elder being a guy that's in the league for 10 years and he contributes in off facets and just develops into a great nickel he gets his hands on so many footballs he breaks up a lot of passes and you know, with more film study and, and seeing more route combinations, and he is experienced, I, I think you will see more interceptions out of that guy. But I think he goes somewhere, and, and he's probably going to be overlooked because of his size. And you know, he didn't have great numbers, but I, I watch his game, and he, to me, he compares to a guy like Micah Hyde. You know, he offers that versatility. Mm-hmm. He plays in the slot. He covers the two-way go. He could return punts. He can cover kicks and punts, and eventually gets himself paid like Micah Hyde did. I mean, but it, it's a guy that in the draft you're projecting as a mid-round pick and he's overlooked because there are players that have higher ceilings. But this guy's floor is very, very high in my opinion. So he is one of my favorites. Um, you know, Phil's guy there, Demetri KZ. I, I, I love the kid. I mean, you can't watch tape and not love a guy that takes the football away and gets his hands on as many balls as he did. 16 interceptions, broke up 27 passes. I mean, those numbers are crazy. You you look at this kid, and he's – if you're a, a coach that plays a lot of cover, too, I mean, he's a wet dream. 
he's <laughs> you know lovey lovey smith's running to the podium and grab this kid you know he he tackles he has awareness and he takes the football away that's everything you want in a cover two corner or, or in your nickel and so i think this kid is going to be a good pro but it's going to be all about going to the right system going to the right, right. place and you know the guy that can play off man or can play you know or is just a pure zone corner but he's going to be a good pro yeah, and that, that's really the theme of of this class and the show. It's it's all about that right fit and fitting, you know, getting the guy that fits what your defensive coordinator is going to ask. So I want to I want to get both of you guys' opinion on this. Who is the cornerback in this class other than other than Lattimore? We'll, we'll put Lattimore on the side because he's sort of the the tier above that fits the Bears' scheme the best. That if if you're if you, if you look at this class and say I want this guy to be a Chicago Bears cornerback, not because you like him, but because Vic Fangio likes him. If you're Vic Fangio, who who fits that sort of that that build that that skill set that that you think would be sort of up there on the Bears board? We'll start with we'll start with Phil. I think we talked about. I I really think Kevin King is gonna be highly sought of in Chicago. He has the numbers. He has the length. He has the ability to take away the football like a wide receiver. He's got to work on his tackling. He's not going to play safety, even though he's 6'3". I just think he's an outside guy. I know you got Cooper there, who's similar in size and length. I mean, Peanut Tillman was 6'2". Everyone forgets, but almost 6'3", on the corner. I think he could fit into any system. With time, I think Kevin King, to me, is the guy in, in my tape study. I mean, I even told Lauren, I texted texted him earlier i'm like this kid kevin king we got to talk about this kid because jose's on to it because i really am impressed with this football player and i feel as though if i'm looking at this whole thing and i'm weighing it out at positional priority and you're putting me on the spot i mean fabian morrow honestly was my favorite to be a bear like i just there's something about this kid jose that i I really felt like he would have been a difference maker here in Chicago, would have fit that system and what it is that they were asking him to do. Obviously, there's no perfect prospect, but this football player to me was something. The peck tear, I mean, Ryan Pace can't take an injury concern. He just can't. So you're going to have to pass on that. I mean, unless your doctors are 100%, the risk reward there is tremendous. But for my bang, for my buck right now, it's king. I'm I'm assuming, just given the other theme of the show, the Jose and Phil agree on cornerback show, that Kevin <laughs> King is also is also your choice there, Jose. I, I'll I'll give you another one that I think is probably going to surprise some people, <laughs> but I think would be a a scheme fit here, and and that's kid out of Alabama, and that's Marlon Humphrey. Yes. I mean, you you look at what Alabama does, and they play that banjo coverage pattern match defense. So he has the experience. He has the intelligence, and the, the kid is extremely physical. So I, I think he, he is a guy that Vic Fangio would probably be enamored with. I mean, he, he had outstanding numbers. He has good size for the position. He plays even bigger than he's listed. He's six foot 197, but he plays. He has that safety mentality when it, he crushes blockers. I mean, there's a couple of uh, plays out there where uh, teams are attempting to run wide receiver screens, and he's just running through his blocker and making the tackle for a loss. Um, now, of course, he does have some issues finding the football, but being that he would ask, he would be asked to play so much zone here. He'd he'd be able to 
cue on the quarterback and wouldn't have his back turned as much. Now, I, don't, I don't think you'd see as many struggles with that. And once he cleans up his technique and he can rely on that athleticism, I think you'll see an improvement. I mean, he, he's experienced because he played 29 games in two years, being that Alabama's always in the, in the postseason. But he's only 20 years old and he's still learning the position. So I, I think this kid does have a bright NFL future and, and everything that Vic Fangio is looking for in a corner. I mean, but he, Vic Fangio wants his corners to have size, physicality, and they have to tackle. You can't – this Tracy Porter stick your arm out bullshit that we saw last <laughs> year isn't – that's not what Vic Fangio is looking for. This kid mm-hmm. runs a 4-4, four, 6-7-5, four, three cone. I'm not a huge numbers guy, but those are very impressive for a kid that's six feet tall. And he's tackles. I mean, I think he comes in here. If he's there in the second round, I I don't see how he's not in consideration. There's a lot of those guys that are, if he's there in the second round, I don't see how he's not in consideration. And one, one guy I wanted to throw out there and get your guys' opinion on is Cordrea Tankersley from, or Cordray Tankersley from Clemson. He's not. I was hoping I, I we'd some, talk about him. Yeah, I see some Dre Kirkpatrick in his game a little bit, which is, not necessarily a good thing at this point, but you know he's he's kind of one of those grabby, good press man, you know, height, weight, speed kind of guys. Although he he ran a four four, and he's he's a decent. I mean, he's there's a lot to like about him, but he's a little bit older. I think he's twenty three, going to turn twenty four during the season, and you know he's a little bit iffy at times in that off man when he's got to sort of see the routes play out in front of him, and he could be a little bit more of a physical tackler. But there's a lot to like about his physical tools, and obviously he has plenty of experience and put a lot of good tape out there at Clemson. So, Jose, I know you said you were hoping we'd get to him. So what do you like about this kid? Where does he fit in this class for you? I think this kid is just that prime example of what we're talking about, about the flavor that you're looking for and how much you trust your defensive backs coach. And this guy is one of these project guys in my eyes. I mean, although he's experienced, there's so much that he needs to get cleaned up. But the athleticism that he possesses and the size, 6'1", runs a 4-4 four, four. he ha- he has ball skills and he-, he has that production that you're looking for you know he had nine interceptions in the last two years has that makeup speed but he's so grabby and he would get he would get you so many pass interference penalties at the next level if if he's coming in and playing early that you I don't think you can draft him all that high but he's a guy that I can see going in like the fourth round of the draft and just going to the right situation a team like Seattle that values the the those bigger corners and that athleticism and, and being successful. I mean, his footwork it, it needs to get cleaned up. He doesn't really trust that four, four speed, which is why he grabs so much, but if he can clean those things up, I think this guy could end up being one of the better corners in this draft. It's just all about going to the right situation and, and not being pressed into duty too early. I think if you give him some time to develop and, and he takes to the coaching, I, I think you end up with a good player here. Phil, is there a day three guy that stands out to you in this class of the Bears? You know, they have a lot of needs to, to fill at the top of this draft. And obviously, with a deep cornerback class, we could see one of these top even 15 corners last until the third, fourth round, fifth even, if, if teams end up investing their picks elsewhere. So is there a guy that's a more of a day three guy that you could see being, or just a guy that you're, you're a big fan of, not even necessarily the perfect scheme fit, but a guy that you would want to see the Bears take a chance on maybe with their two fourth round picks or something like that? Well, you look at this draft, I mean, there's going to be a lot, a lot of corners taken, and we've really hit on I mean, I like Jordan Lewis a lot out of Michigan. I don't think he's going to go in the first round with the size concern, but I like 
his ability to locate the football. It seems to be like a running theme for me, but it really is important, as Bears fans know, to get players that are able to take away the football. And you look in the fourth round, Jose talked about Corn Elder. That's a guy. Micah Hyde is the perfect comparison. You guys know how high I was on Micah Hyde. Really, really believe that that football player can could be versatile enough with the Bears, find the football. Those types of things need to get done here in Chicago. This kid, Brian Allen out of Utah, he's a taller guy. I could see him in the mid-round, 6'3", 215 pounds, really good athlete. I don't have his numbers in front of me. Wasn't expecting this question. Ultimately, looking at the depth here, how about spot. this kid? How about this kid, Howard Wilson? Uh, had a, a tremendous pro day, and really, Jose actually was one of the guys that put me on to watching this football player. Really ran well at his pro day. I believe he had like a thirty-nine or thirty-four inch vert at the combine, and up that also ran a three-nine-four shuttle, six-six-eight. Three cone. This kid is a football player. Somebody in those middle rounds that I feel like will have the athleticism that you're looking at and you're looking for. You know, that those guys are hard to find. You look at, I don't know how Jose feels about this football player, but I know Shane Marshall is a big fan of a woozy out of Colorado. Ch- Chidobe a woozy. This guy's a football <laughs> player that could. Yeah. Not a big I'm, fan. I'm, I'm really low on him. I, I just, I didn't, he just didn't really do much to stand out to me. I, I think he is a guy that's going to stick for a little while because he has that versatility. But I think he's better suited as just a nickel. I mean, he mm-hmm. is, when you look at his numbers, there's production there uh, in terms of the tackles and the amount of balls that he's got in his hands on, but he, he doesn't intercept passes. I didn't feel like he was sticky enough in coverage. And, Although he has a lot of tackles, I didn't feel like he was overly physical. There's a lot of snaps for him just kind of standing around. and I, I'm, He plays a lot slower than what he ran at the Combine. I was really shocked when he ran in the 4-4s four uh, at the Combine. So uh, he's a guy I'm, I'm pretty low on. Um, the kid Which, Wilson that you, that you have in the mid-rounds, I have a second-round grade on him. I'm pr- really high on him. I don't think he's going to go in the second round, but I'm I'm really high on him. The ball, His ball skills and his physicality, I mean, this kid, mm-hmm. I, there's just not a lot that you – don't like about him when you watch him on tape. His 40 time, I guess, is a little questionable. He ran a 4.57, um, but he plays faster than that on tape. I was expecting a 4.4, and the kid tore his ACL. I think he in ran a 4.4 at his pro day. I think he got Did it he at his pro day? Yeah. That, that's what I saw on tape was a, about a 4.4, and the kid had nine interceptions in two years. I mean, last in 2015, he only played three games because he tore his ACL, but prior to that, I mean, early on in his career, he was already uh, providing interceptions and, and – showing his ball skills. What about Cam Sutton of Tennessee? I know he's kind of a polarizing player. There's a lot of question marks about this football player through the drafts community. What's your thoughts on him? So Cam, I, I like a woozy. I mean, when you watch him out at corner, there's not anything that stands out to you where he's overly impressive, but I do, I do think that he can move over to safety and, and be an effective player. I think you saw evidence of that at the senior bowl. He seems to have the instincts and the, and the physical nature that you want at that position. So I have him listed as a safety. I don't have him. I didn't rank him among my corners. Um, I, I don't. 
if he's a corner in the NFL, I just don't see where he's special. I think at safety, he has a chance to be more of an impact player. My last question, though, Zach, will be this. Lauren, I hate to take over no, the question there. Tease Tabor ran uh, – actually, he was injured, correct? I'm totally confusing. No, he, he, ran. he ran. Oh, he, he ran. He ran slow. He, he ran slow. Really slow. Terrible. So 4-7-40. I was right to begin with. Does that affect your view of this football player? Because I, I like this football player. I believe that he showcases some great tape out there. I mean, it's hard to deny that. But when you're running 4-7 at corner, that's not a good thing. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah. So Tabor was in, – and I don't put that much stock into the measurables until we start talking about cornerbacks. I think at corner mm-hmm. you cannot ignore a guy that runs slow. I mean, it's just – Exactly. Re- a receiver knows where he's going, and if he has the ability to sell his routes, it doesn't matter if he runs four seven. He can have a successful NFL career. Now, a corner and a player that has to mirror these players and has to have that that speed and the makeup speed, that's a real issue. So I think Tabor. So I that dropped him down into the fourth round for me, and he ran even slower at his pro day. I think he was in the four sevens at his pro day. He ran a four six at the uh, at the combine. So that pushed him down, but there's no denying that his tape is very impressive. And so I struggled with this guy on where I was going to rank him because I had him in my top five initially. And then with those numbers, I'm like, that really limits you know, what mm-hmm. you can really do with him. It's going to be, again, about going to the right system. Now, I do think that he can play in Vic Fangio's system. He has good size. He shows that innate awareness to – get underneath the right routes you know he sees these route combinations and he seems to always guess where the football is going and he, he's usually right and i like him a lot better than his teammate uh, howard wilson he's a good tackler mm-hmm. I, I i think he he excels with his, his eyes on the quarterback so I, it's going to be about going to the right place I, I don't know about you sending him to a team that plays a lot of man coverage and you're expecting him to play on an island without a lot of safety help, I, I think you'd be, selling, you'd be setting him up for failure there. And just, again, going to the right situation is going to be key with him. Yeah, he can do he can do a lot, certainly from a physical standpoint, but that 40 time, I mean, it, it, it comes down to that, you know, game speed versus measured speed. And I, 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 I try not to put too much stock into that. I mean, because realistically, uh, is a 10th, I mean, the four six at the combine is is slow, and obviously the four seven five at his pro day is is really concerning. But at the same time, is is that <laughs> enough to really drop him down? I mean, he is a really impressive guy. He he reacts quickly when it's in front of him. He's aggressive. He's physical. He he does have closing speed if it's not straight line speed. He's got you know he's got the ability to kind of step up and do that. And he obviously jumps routes and, and makes plays. And I think he had nine interceptions over the last couple of years. So he's he's one of those guys where I'm curious to see how the NFL judges that because i mean obviously we have our opinions about how much that'll affect him but you know it seems to me like some front offices really put a lot of stock into the measurables and the and the combine and the athletics and the all the all the analytics of their physical tools and other other front offices are are more about you know this is what i see on tape and i don't really care what he ran and what he three coned and all that stuff we're going to take the guy that we know can make plays and and do all this and if he ran a four seven versus a four six oh well we're going to make it work he's a good football player and Again, it comes down to the volatility of this deep class. He could he could easily be the second or third cornerback taken, or he could drop and be a fourth round pick based on that combine. I mean, it's really 
it's really up in the air for this cornerback class, and I'm glad we've had Jose Cotto from Bears Ballroom on the podcast, or on the on the live show. I guess it turns into a podcast to help us break it down. But we are getting down to our yes. final ninety-ish seconds of the show, so we got to wrap up here. Uh, one of the big things we're putting out, Phil. Do you want to do you want to tell tell the listeners what uh, what what we're teasing today? Listen, this week me and Lauren are going into the film room. We are gonna break down Patrick Mahomes versus. Deshaun Kaiser it is going to be wild. I know there's a lot of Kaiser fans. I'm a Mahomes guy. It is going to be fun to break that down with you, Lauren. That's coming out this Wednesday. And also we have some big news, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we're going we're gonna to unveil the, the official Bears Hour Live website. It's bearshourlive.com. We've got all of our videos, all of our podcasts, all of our everything up on the site we got all the Phil's draft rankings. We're going to put our big boards up there. You can check it out. It's it's live now, bearshourlive.com. We're going to put out a little a little commercial teaser, you know, trailer for it uh, later on today. But uh, all our all our draft stuff is going to be housed there. All our shows, all our videos, everything's there. So there's kind of a, a one-stop shop for all your Bears Hour Live needs. But that's going to have to do it for today's <laughs> show. Our, our, our clock is, is really running down. Check out the website. Subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. Our, our YouTube channel's really been been growing quickly, and we're glad for all the support. We do this for you guys, but with, with all of that, that's going to have to do it Thank for you, this edition. Yeah, and thanks thanks again to Jose, but the, the clock is at 7, 6. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Bears Hour Live. <laughs>